There's the sounds of Terence setting up. Clunk. Audio's weird. I never really get my head around audio. Audio as a concept. Yeah, just the whole, you know. Whoops. Audio is not. Um, I'm trying to let it dangle so that. I can... It's the difference between like gain and. Gain. Yeah, the idea. Levels and how fa- how gain as as a concept is a thing for like playing guitar, and how they just went oh they get distortion by just like hyping up one element of it, but then keeping the volume low. Yeah, like these it's pretty are, clever. These are on medium. And I generally keep them on medium. Low, we'd have to speak sort of quite near to them to get any sort of decent levels out of it. And if it was on high, I'd have suspended them from the ceiling or something. So I, oh. tend, to, I tend to keep them on medium because it means that we can hold them quite easily That's and weird. still speak into them and sound relatively okay. What kind of level is it for like ASMR? I'd imagine low, but whispering into it kind of like this. <laughs> really creepy it's gonna sound horrible when uh, i actually come to edit that there, there was a guy a guy in my work who I, I came over to his screen and he and he was like looking at this there was like a little youtube video like, what's that he says it's it's oh it's just somebody you know whispering whispering it just you know it helps me relax in between calls it just really really freaked me out <laughs> it's not right <laughs> This is Money for Old Rope, a podcast ostensibly about idioms. This week, hosted by two of your favourite people. A whole two. Well, arguably, we're like 2.75, right? Me being the 1.75. Yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. Adam and Terence. Oh. Terence, what's your idiom, or possibly idioms? Mm, uh, the cat's pyjamas. The cat's pyjamas. As in the... That's just how I... Have been known to say it. You say it like a New York gangster from the yeah. 1940s, 30s, 40s, mm. 20s. Cops Pro- pajamas. Prohibition anyway, whenever prohibition was. My mm. idiom this week is chance your arm. Chance your arm. I'm sure I was going to do that at one point in the past. Arguably, I didn't. I did check and we haven't done it, so I'm quite happy about it. Mm. Did you have a, a second arm. idiom that you wanted to bring to the table? Or uh, Yeah, well, we were going to kind of maybe vote on one. Depends on how really... How good it goes. Uh, where did I do it? It was... Play a blinder. Play a blinder. That's, I mean, vote on in terms of is it an idiom, because I'd say it's an idiom, so that's quite good. Yeah? Good, <laughs> good start. It's the first time for everything. Oh, it fits. It fits. It um, does. Should we start with your... Let's start with your first one. The first one, cat's yeah. pyjamas. The cat's pyjamas. Mm, how would you use it? Um, oh, that's the cat's pyjamas. As in it's, it like I don't that. know why I'd say it like that. Probably because you just did. Um, it's in movies, right? That's how yeah. people have said it. Yeah, it's a gangster, something a gangster would say in, in yeah. a movie. Not that I've seen gangster movies, but I assume that's what they say. Mm. Um, yeah, cat's pajamas. It means like that's that's the best. It's it's the bee's knees. I'm pretty sure. Right. Ben has mentioned the bee's knees in the past, and cat's yeah. pajamas is sort of like a it's a it's an alternative to that. It's, yeah. It's animals, inanimate objects mm. is the um, is the sort of phrase and saying. It means good. It means great. It means this thing is yeah. you know the best. Yeah. Like Donald Trump, it's the cat's pajamas. It's the best. So it's never in in regards to like uh, a, it's like a, an actual noun rather than like an abstract noun. I would use both. You know, it's the the situation is the cat's pajamas. Oh, I suppose you could. I suppose you could use it situationally. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I personally would, but I can't. I don't have anything against it. If you yeah. want to do it that way, Terence, <laughs> yeah. you can use it that way. Yeah. This pension scheme is the cat's pajamas, and then oh, you God. die. God, that's a boring slash depressing topic, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just down the drain. Um, ben has at least mentioned it in passing as being an alternative to the bee's knees, but I can't remember if you went into detail about what it actually meant, uh, oh. where, where it's actually come from. Right, um, the cat's pajamas. Hmm. Alternatives? Well, bee's knees. Bee's knees. Lizard slacks. Cat's meow. God, that's really hard to say. The like. lizard slacks. There you go. He said oh, it well. Wow, nice. Words, um, words, I say with an incredulous tone. <laughs> cat's meow. Yeah, cat's meow is a similar sort of yeah. vein. It's like, that's the best of what it could be. Mm. I don't know why, again, cat's meow is the barrier for entry there. Yeah. Why, is p- why pajamas? cat's pajamas i see when you said it i kind of got an image of a um like a kid's nursery rhyme right or or a, or a story just yeah. a simple kid's story cat's pajamas probably because it's got like you know it's that anthropomorphizing of animals right that okay. happens a lot in kid well, i imagine that cat's pajamas would be really hairy like who's be wearing my pajamas that like i've got a terrible rash I like all to, of my legs i like to think they'd make them out of like silk if you were talking about cat oh, pajamas. Oh, right, okay. So, so well, that's quite expensive. So are you leaning towards that being more of a kind of upper class kind of thing? I don't know. I mean, an anthropomorphic cat in our universe would presumably make a lot of money. So I'd say that they probably could afford it, silk and pyjamas. Or would it just be struggling in that, now that it's a bit more like a human, would it just be at like the bottom of what humans can achieve? You know what I mean? Like, so like Meowth from Pokemon. Is that one? Oh, does it speak? I can't remember. Is that one of the bad guys... Yeah, Cats. it's one of the Meowth is one of the members of Team Rocket in Pokemon, and he definitely oh, speaks. Right, he learns to talk great. and walk like a human. Because that's that's quite a lot, isn't it? And then, but all humans have kind of mastered that little bit talking and walking. Yeah, right. So, it, I don't know why people find that so impressive. I suppose it is for for a cat, but you wouldn't expect that cat to then go like run for the governor of somewhere because they haven't got this shared experience. Of everyone else, you know, they 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 don't. Obviously, there's got to be some sort of lack of um, the ability for it to transcend its current situation, right? Well, surely it would have if it's speaking and talking. You'd imagine it's got the concept of currency. Sorry, I've just noticed you've got a Wendy house in your back garden that hasn't that wasn't there before. Yeah, if you stare into that window because it's quite far away, do you see a you ghost? Sh- yeah, you can see that little girl's eyes. Can you see them? That's creepy. Yeah, it's great though, isn't it? It's kind of like I gave that another lick of uh, Ron Seal or whatever the uh, the unbranded version was. You know, another it, lick of it, some sort of varnish. It's easier to apply that stuff with a paintbrush and not your tongue. Oh, oh you know. well, yeah, yeah, but it makes my tongue look great, though, doesn't it? Ah, that is a very impressive tongue, man, and it's so waterproof. I can't drink anything, right? <laughs> I can't taste anything <laughs> anymore. So the cat's pajamas. Um, yeah, when you said it, I kind of imagined that it was from a kid's uh, mm. book of some sort, like. The cat was looking for its items. How of the elephant got his value. Trunk or something well, like that's that. Rudyard Kipling. We've definitely had Rudyard Kipling before now. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think that cats set a particular score by pajamas in this mm. child's book of choice, and that's the thing, the object of its desire throughout the entire story. Like uh-huh. it finds, it finds the cat's wedding ring, and it thinks, "No, I'm not interested in that." It finds the cat's 
nightcap and it thinks no i'm not interested yeah. in that it finds its secret booze collection and thinks no i'm not interested in that and eventually mm. it finds its pajamas and goes excellent now i can get a well-rested night's sleep <laughs> in my silken pajamas the end don't do drugs kids <laughs> Pretty much. right so i have two two origins um and you gotta just see which is the right one uh both of them are kind of what you've touched upon so one being to do with an old story and one to do with like a kind of gangster-esque kind of feel about it ah. so um so one origin being in the 1920s people use the the word cat to kind of describe the flappers you know like the cool kids the you know the people who were out on the scene and <laughs> sounds not like such an old man the, this is the 20s the flappers that were out yeah, on unconventional the scene. flappers of the era you know people okay. who were um you know regulars at all the kind of main fancy parties and sure, jazz sure. parties and, and, and if disney taught us anything it's that everybody wants to be a cat because a cat's yeah. the only cat that knows where it's at it's true everything else is obsolete isn't that what the i think is? that's the next line yeah yeah i've missed one but of course they're off the faces on something absent most likely in Probably. those times yeah um but yeah the fact that you know um the cat was just a, a term that people used for uh for these people and pajamas were just popular they were just a nice thing so it's an uh, evolution of like cool cats pajamas yeah, right. pajamas were just popular and a nice thing yeah like they were in <laughs> fashion right was, highly was... sought after and desirable the serfs couldn't wear pajamas yeah. in in 1920s America. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there we are. Yeah. Yes. And next, right? And uh, the next origin, um, which is probably a little bit more interesting, is because it's, uh, it's true. Because it's true. So it comes from um, this. It was called the Book of the Raj by Chandra Kumar Agawalas in 1898, in which uh, clouded. So it's a story, like a fable, essentially, like a book of fable as was the the style of the time i knew you were gonna say right. that uh a clouded leopard from the himalayan foothills with uh, an unusually sophisticated intellect descends upon darjeeling which is like the one of the nearest cities from in that area i don't think it's in the himalayas it's somewhere downhill i wouldn't know my himalayan geography is not that good and that's fine I've never claimed to be an expert. I've never needed it. No, it's fine. Uh, didn't did Sam go to like the Himalayas and like there's a runway which is like really, 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 really sh- short, like just at the top of a mountain, and like they have to land within like 100 meters or something ridiculous. Is that just the Nepal runway? Yeah. I know what you mean. The one where the 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 descent in is like a 90 degree angle. Yes, as and it goes just, in. <laughs> yeah. No, he has. Been, well, he went. He went to Everest Base Camp, didn't he? Shout out to Sam, who is Space currently camp. not in Bangkok. Where is he at the moment? He's, he wasn't in Bangkok. He's moved somewhere. Who knows? He's gone somewhere else. Yeah, uh, just somewhere in the east. Um, Mercury, North Korea. All right. Yeah. Cool. North Korea. Yeah. Done. Uh, anyway, so um, this clouded leopard, which is kind of sophisticated, talks as as, as is that kind of story of the time. Uh, goes to Darjeeling. Uh, befriends a young aspiring tailor starts a business with him catering to the British Raj um, and they event uh, the equivalent to well what what they call pajamas at the time which was like loungewear uh, you could wear it day or night loose lightweight trousers uh, the fable was all about uh, essentially don't judge a book by its covers but because um, obviously this 
this uh the small tailor who can't do anything or you know doesn't have any kind of a class essentially can it, do really well and can so it, can, can a leopard invent pajamas yeah it can <laughs> can invent like the coolest and so kind of thing can like a that. leopard i know right but um <laughs> so yeah it's, it's it's referring to kind of the popularity of the business the pajamas that the cat creates uh, but it came out in the same year as uh, 1898 as Rudyard Kipling's How the Leopard Got Its Spots. So the leopard kind of fables kind of got overshadowed by it. But the idiom kind of stayed. It's so, like the only thing that came out of it. Wow, okay. See, I want to believe that's true. And it's really different from the sort of 1920s, 30s gangster story about cats just being... Mm. I mean, then you're getting into the origin of why cats are sort of referred refer to... Why people are referred to as like cool cats. Mm. In those kind of era pieces. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume it's the story. I'm going to assume it's the fable. The fable. 1980, no, 1892, did you say? Uh, 1898. 1898. I'm going to assume it's the fable from 1898. Uh, You're wrong. Ah. So, did you make that up? What? Did you make that up? That was good. Oh, thank you. I'm very impressed. But it's a lie, so it's not good, and you shouldn't be impressed, and we shouldn't be encouraging this behaviour in others, let alone each other, Adam. I can still be impressed by fiction, Terence. I often am. Am I here? Um, So there was a uh, this guy called Thomas A. Dorgan. uh, They called him Tad Dorgan, who uh, coined loads of loads of slang, essentially, uh, around the 1920s. Um, He was a sports writer and a cartoonist. He invented, well, as far as I could find anyway, uh, the word dumbbell to mean like an idiot uh, for for crying out loud as that phrase. Dumbbell like an idiot. Like a, a dumbbell. Like, that guy's a dumbbell. I've never heard that. Have you not? No, I've never heard somebody referred to as a dumbbell. Mm. But anyway, it's a dumbbell for crying uh, out loud. Yeah, for crying out loud. Uh, hard-boiled, as in a person's really tough. Okay. Uh, there's lots of comics. Still don't consider it? hard-boiled eggs to be very tough. No, as a, as a thing, you can probably easily break through that. Yeah, it's not a good descriptor yeah. for somebody who's tough, though, is it? It's like they've got a fragile outer shell you can break with a spoon. And a, and a <laughs> tasteless, rubbery, dry image. Oh, see, I like, I like hard-boiled eggs. Do you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of them. I don't like soft-boiled eggs. You don't like soft-boiled? But no. Soft, but that's where the flavour is. No, the, the flavour... You're drying out the flavour. You're des- desiccating it. No, the flavour is in the toast that you attack the egg with, even when it is hard-boiled. That's it. It's like having like an interesting buttery friend and like a really dry, dusty other fellow. Not if you, not if you cut it. Into battering it with your own. Not if you cut the self. toast into soldier shapes and then take the innards of the egg, the little the yolk of the egg. Is it war? Wrap what it, is it to you? Wrap it around. Why within the soldier? So you've got sort of like a sushi egg toast mix. Okay. And then eating that. Okay. So you make a little rolls and then go to ah, and everyone's like, yeah. you've you've ruined my breakfast. Adam. Yeah, you say ruined, but you're absolutely going to try it the next time you have hard-boiled eggs. Well, and I'm going to eat this because it's my breakfast. I'll just be disappointed, and it's worth worth an anecdote. That time <laughs> that guy came into my house, threatened me with a hard-boiled egg. But, so, so this guy came up with hard-boiled yeah, dumbbell. hard-boiled, and also a phrase which I hadn't heard. Yes, we have no bananas. That's Isn't that in a song? Maybe, yeah, it was. It, then there was a song. Based cool. on the popularity. Can you remember what the song was called? Because I can't. I think it was called, Yes, We Have No Bananas. Yes, We Have No Bananas. 
Yeah. I'm sure it goes something like that. This is this is a sort of warped Simpsons esque memory that I can't quite remember. <laughs> Sounds like any number of the uh, the kind of YouTube nursery rhyme songs. But yeah, so anyway, so he wrote it, um, kind of coined it in some article around the 1920s. Uh, by 1922, um, there was a, a report in the New York Times of a publicity stunt where a woman paraded down Fifth Avenue in New York in yellow silk. PJs, um, I don't know what that pause was. Yellow silk PJs. Um, with four cats who were also dressed in similar garb. Yellow silk pyjamas, yeah. see? Silk pyjamas, the ideal pyjama for right. a cat. That's it, right. It's got to be light. My cat line of pyjamas yeah. will be entirely silk-based. <laughs> that was a coincidental cat yell. That is the cat. Is the cat here? Let's is, find out. Is Let's it in, listen. Is it in pyjamas? Let's listen. Hello? Are you coming in? Did you just get the cat yawning into the microphone? Fed. Is that what it is? I think she wants fed. Okay. I'll feed you in a moment. Here we are. I'm going to close all the doors until it yelps again. She. Jacques. Jacques. The mightiest of cats. Good name for your cat. Mm. Jacques. Jacques. Um, but yeah, pyjamas were new and in in fashion for women in the 1920s. And so this guy just kind of combined it in the same way as saying, you know, the cat's meow, bee's knees, cat's whiskers. That's another one. It's the cat's whiskers. Yeah, I think I've heard yeah. that. I wanted to say that earlier on, but I wasn't sure if I was just mm. inventing it or if it was something that was true. But yeah, cat's whiskers. Mm. That's the cat's whiskers. It doesn't have the same ring to it, though, does it? No. Like, that's the cat's pyjamas. Yeah. It's quite a nice, satisfying mouthfeel. We're not turning into an ASMR podcast. Can you hear my molars? Your molars sound very thumpy. <laughs> what, what, thank you. <laughs> you always know just what to say. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah, that's it. That's what that is. Nice. Um, okay. So basically just some guy coined the phrase yeah. along with many other phrases. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, the, the actual spelling of pyjamas with a Y, P-Y-J hit its peak in 1935 and hasn't really gone down from there but P-A-J pajamas pajamas get my pajamas on things like that uh, would you ever say it? no would you ever spell it? so uh, that's that had a peak in 1989 oh. I couldn't find out why because I couldn't use Google Ngram I don't even know how to spell pajamas it was you just really high completely made me forget how to spell pajamas but nice like yeah. mm. PJs I don't even think I'd use the I think I just shortened it to PJs yeah. Nice. Awesome. PJs, PJizzles. No, you can't say that. I'm sure that bloke will come up again when we invariably forget, like, the origin of the cat's whiskers or something yeah. like that and go, oh, I remember. Tad Dorgan. Tad Dorgan. Tad Dorgan here. Tad Dorgan's a great, like, American journalist name. Yeah. Sports writer, cartoonist. He did it all. Well, um, he did two things. Yeah, pretty much. Did you say that, obviously, I've offered a, a third idiom here. A wild card. Yeah, but have you I've prepared one? You haven't no. prepared one. We just wing one. I'd jump straight in the taxi. Fair. I mean, we could we could sort of like suggest one. Give and it a go. Just have a guess at what what the origin is. Yeah, just, just wing it. Think of one. All right, okay. Then and there. Um, anyway. My actual idiom that yes. I brought yes. was yes. chance your arm, chancing your arm, chancing your arm. You chance your arm. You you do chancing your arm, chancing your arm. How would my you parents use it? do? Oh, do they? Like he was chancing his arm. Oh, so then as I'm in, doing... he was being cheeky. 
asking for something, you know, like, um, you know, in, in a pub and, and asking for, you know, when they, they fill up your pint, but then the there's a bit of head to it and somebody says, could you just bring that up to the top? I, I'd feel awful as a British citizen doing so. I'm barely a British citizen. You know, like there's there's a kind of social anxiety, and then as soon as somebody says, "Could you just uh, could you just fill that to the top?" and like, okay, you can see the people behind the bar going, "This guy," like that makes absolutely no difference. That would just like FFS away, but okay, fine. And then was like, he was chanting his arm, wasn't he? Interesting. So you'd use it as a sort of like he was making a cheeky statement. Mm. But what would be the going? Could you just let us in? Could we just have this one for free? Could we also have that? Could we have this fry up, but could you swap out six of the ingredients for six different ones that you don't usually do? And sometimes they go, okay, yeah, okay, I suppose we could. <laughs> and everyone's like... Yeah, it's like, it's not a fry up if you just have bacon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just have, but it's like, can you you're choosing the thing on my menu where I, like, you don't have to choose this item. You could just, yeah, could I have this, but could you just remove all of the things that make it this dish and swap it out for something else? And kind of see the chef and kind of slap him. And charge me for what I've just ordered. Bam. Can you replace the toast with bacon? Yeah, right. <laughs> just make every item bacon, please. Um, okay. That's, a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, the way that I've used it and the way I sort of wrote down is it's taking a risk. Like, chancing your arm is doing something that might be to your detriment. Yeah. Usually in public, to yes. my mind. Yeah. So it's something that could have negative consequences to you, but has a significant benefit if you pull it off. It's, it's a yeah. gamble. Chancing your arm is a gamble. Yes, there is. But you don't always... It's always a gamble, yeah. But you've got a sort of cheeky element to it. Yeah, there's definitely a um, a social stigma to it. Okay. And um, it doesn't, there doesn't have to be a positive outcome to it. If, you know, somebody said, could you just do this? And you're like, bleep off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what? This man robot's talking to me. Okay, so with that, with that in mind, where do you think it came from? Um, Chancy Nuram, it sounds Irish just because well, I could just hear my parents say it. You can just hear That's your parents. It, yeah. In your head, you've just got them shouting at you. Yeah. Terrence, stop chancing your arm. Stop chancing your arm and get down the cellar. Get down. You nearly said get down the pub then, didn't you? Did. Get down the pub. <laughs> you're being a bit sorry. I don't want another pint. <laughs> you're being very You're going to do it and you're going to enjoy it. Oh. oh, Christ. Six whiskeys. It's a good thing you don't sound Irish because we could definitely be accused of stereotyping. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> so where do you, where do you think it came from then? If if it sounds uh, Irish, oh, I, I actually don't know. It's such. Um, oh, I suppose it, it your arm. So it could be um, some sort of I don't know, like a societal class based arranged marriage where you it's kind of blind going into it. And you just like lean, you know, putting your arm out. Ah, so the full fr- grabbing it. And... So the full phrase is chancing your arm in marriage. Yeah. Well, for chancing your arm for marriage. For Ch- suitor. Chancing your arm for suitor of marriage. Well, I mean, chancing your it's arm. It's not exact. Yeah, okay, chance, so, you've, so you've got sort of like marriage, yeah. marital connotations yeah. in your head. Interesting. Some sort of society where where you. You have to dance. It's a dance base. It's a dance space. Everyone's like really kind of atrophied because you don't get to sit for like, it's like the hi- hours. It's like European hysteria of the 1500s and everybody just danced all the time. Yeah, just constant because if they stood still then all the syphilis would really hurt and uh, <laughs> just all the rashes that you had. There was no talc, Adam. 
Well, if there was, <laughs> there then was it no was talc. arsenic. And you'd be Terence, the master of talc. <laughs> T the T. the master of talc, dancing his jig. <laughs> um, I've got three possible origins for you. Sorry. I've got three possible origins for yes, you. Yes, please. The first possible origin is in the military... Uh-huh. The idea of chancing your arm is putting your rank at risk because rank insignia in most militaries the world over yeah. is frequently worn stitched into the arms of your clothing. This feels so, like the lie. So this chancing lie. your arm was putting your rank on the line. I like it. I do like it. What's the line? Just like if you're willing to do, make a risk. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing a military risk, like a risky maneuver, yeah, yeah. chancing your arm is you know you could be court-martialed for doing yes. this. But if you pull it off, you'll get the George Cross. George Cross. I don't know why it's British, but George Cross. Um, another possible origin for you. In 1251, King Henry III was presented with a polar bear from King Hakon of Norway. What year was this again? 1251. <laughs> okay. This nope. bear was kept at the Tower of London, where it was permitted to swim in the moat and Gross. was fed by the groundskeepers. Kept in the tower and allowed to <laughs> you know dive the, off the top. You know the Tower of London not, is not just a tower, right? Yeah, I suppose it's a statement of mine. Statement, <laughs> because of its unique nature and a belief amongst the common folk of the time that the polar bear was a mythical creature, a form of petty punishment was for a criminal to be brought to the tower, whereupon they would be given fish to feed the bear. Not just mauled. The criminal would be forced to hold his arm through a hole to feed the bear, and if his arm remained intact throughout the ordeal, instead of being ripped off, he would be spared a crueler punishment. Historical records suggest that this may have been a form of punishment initially devised by the tower guards themselves as a form of entertainment. <laughs> but why, why a polar bear? I mean, brown bears are really common. Or, <laughs> or another possible origin. Okay. From Scottish. 1492, two families, the Butlers and the Fitzgeralds, were mm. arguing over who should be Lord Deputy. Of? Uh, in the city that they were in, which I didn't make a note of, and I'm sorry. The families fought outside the city walls. The butlers realised the fighting was going too far and took refuge in the chapter house of St. Patrick's Cathedral. Mm -hmm. The Fitzgeralds followed, asking them to come out to make peace. The butlers refused. Gerald Fitzgerald, the head of the family, ordered for a hole to be cut in the door. He then put his arm through and offered his his hand in peace. Because he was was willing to chance his arm, the butlers realised he was serious about peace, shook hands through the hole and stepped outside. Feels odd, but accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Odd, but accurate. (laughs) I like it. Um, So what do you think it is? Do you think it's rank insignia? Do you think it's the polar bear in the Tower of London? Or do you think it's Gerald Fitzgerald and his arm? So broker in peace. Gotta get that cat. Come on, cat. Let's see if we can record it. Yeah. Okay. No. I think she wants to go out. Yeah. You wanna go? go out, you wanna go outside? Jump for freedom. Go. Mighty Jacques. And she's gone. Just see her <laughs> we got a great book upstairs called The Great Dog Bottom Swap. And the and the the whole thing starts with people going to a um all these dogs lining up and there's like an evening soiree for all these dogs and then they all have to hang up their bums as they go in. So there's like lots of there's like hundreds of little pink O's on hooks that they just hang up and then there's a whole evening of like 
food and, and whatnot. And then there's a fire and the, and the great panic afterwards. They all just run and just grab a bum. And that's why, to this day, dogs are constantly trying to sniff each other's bums. To find their own. <laughs> to find their own. That's so bizarre. It's such I, a I, weird story, but it's why great. Why do you own these things? Uh, kids' books. <laughs> it's great. It's not a children's it's book. It's just the imagery of all these dogs just, like, hanging up their tiny little pinkos. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Great book. Christmas present for Adam, sorted. Rank insignia. Oh, yeah. Polar Bear at the Tower of London. Uh-huh. Gerald Fitzgerald. Delicious sip of beer. Not an option. Um, the th- third one had more detail, but the first one sounds like just the army. But then... <laughs> You did say on the way over that you came up with a good one and you're really happy with. And I feel like that would be the first one because it's it's very accurate about the arm. So I'm going to go for the third one. So you think Gerald Fitzgerald and the butlers and the family Fitzgerald? <laughs> you would be correct. That is the... Yes. That's, so that's the origin that people frequently talk about. Is it written down? It's slightly disputed because the only the phrase has only really been in use since the 1880s. So there's a chance that um, the story itself is true, in quotes. Um, so the two Irish families, 1492, there was oh. apparently a door that Gerald Fitzgerald put his arm through to reconcile their differences. The door is known as the Door of Reconciliation. And it can actually be, in, be seen in St. Patrick, Patrick's Cathedral. In I, where? It's Irish. Right, but where? where is I'll have to look at where it is. We can find that out now. St. Patrick's Cathedral, cathedral in Ireland. So I was quite amused when you said it sounds Irish when you started, not just because you are Irish, just because that was quite an apt statement yeah. given the uh, given the origin. That That's one potential origin. That's what a lot of people think it is. And it, indeed, it's the story propagated by the church itself Ooh, and there's one in dublin uh i think it was dublin yeah there's one in dublin there's um, one in Armagh. that's the uh that's a picture of the door itself which exists within the cathedral and you mm-hmm. can go and see it it's and a door a hole. it's a wooden door with a hole in it it's really not much to look at but i will put a link in <laughs> any toilet <laughs> <laughs> um the alternative is the military insignia mm-hmm. there is a theory that it does come from military insignia and it's just chancing your arm with chancing your rank right the there was uh, it wasn't making it up in 1251 Henry the Third was presented with a polar bear what? by the King of Norway That's and odd. it did live at the Tower of London for a while. Sure, they killed so many people. It 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 didn't. They didn't have tranquilizers, did they? They didn't. Um, it didn't live a good life, and the moat <laughs> wasn't the, ideal. The moat was kind of filthy by that point. So yeah, the polar bear I don't think lasted very long, but it was legitimate. There was legitimately a polar bear at the Tower of London in 1251. Oh my god, the gift that keeps on giving. He was given uh, a lot of the royals were given animals as gifts, just generally. Mm. So there was a, there was a there was a full on like um, what's it called menagerie? Yeah, there was a full on menagerie at the Tower of London for a while. Oh my god. Um, it's been in use since about the 1880s, which is why the, the sort of origin story is disputed because 1492 and 1880 is a bit different. Yeah. So um, I'm just looking at your engram graph, which isn't a euphemism. Yeah. Where's he got it? It's <laughs> like commonly you... a soldier's term. Uh, the main reason the tale of the Irish families is disputed is because of the lack of usage prior to 1880s, which the engram graph does actually show. Mm. Um, and chance your arm and chance my arm are both used quite a lot. And you can, again, see that oh, graph, yeah. which I will link. 
But they both, they both use quite peak. a lot. There's a weird peak in the 1960s, and I have no idea what that peak is. But there's that a huge... Ma- Maxine peak. <laughs> Maxine. There's a huge peak in the 1960s. No idea why. But, yeah, chancing your arm. It was um, supposedly from two Irish families, the Butlers and the Fitzgerald. Huh? There we go. Fitzgerald. Z. Spelled yeah. with a Z. So your first... The one about the arms and the, the, rank uh, the military. Insignia. That was pretty good. It's one that people put forward as a potential. Uh, it's not confirmed. So which though, one did you make up then? Uh, the, the polar tar- bear. The polar bear. Oh my God. You I just d- made that up out of the way or did you have this knowledge before? Right? I knew there was a polar bear at the Tower of London. I've always suspected the same. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a polar bear up there. I often look at high structures and just assume there's a dangerous, poorly maintained animal up there. Yeah, I, I knew of the polar bear, so I just kind of thought... Yeah, I'll come up with a I'll come up with a story around the polar bear of the Tower of London, and you didn't think a polar bear existed at the Tower of London, so now you know. Uh, now I know that there was one, but unrelated to it. Now we know. Yeah. Very good. What, uh, so, what was your wild card well, idiom? Uh, the other one was play a blinder, but I didn't get a full history for it. So I do have two potential origins, right? Do you, so you don't know the origin? I don't know the full origin, but I have an earlier date. Okay, let's kind of and, guess. And it's in so. Uh, the earlier date was um, so twenty AD is when it was. No, ADs are AD. It's BC. It's BC. It's and whenever AD. the Greeks were or BCE, and well, the Greeks generally spanned a lot long period of time. I mean, there are Greeks nowadays. Yeah. Mm. They've, they've they've got a fairly poor economy. Hi, Deborah. Hello. Did you know that Greeks point. exist? What Greeks or ancient Greeks? Both. No, oh, no cool. I didn't know about now you know. Did you know there was a polar bear at the Tower of London in 1251? I think I did know that. But like, I feel like it was a horrible history fact that I once knew when I was 10. Yeah. I no longer, I have completely forgotten. Fair enough. How are you guys? Still recording. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. I, uh, I just came down and read What are you reading? Um, something Terrence's mum gave me for my birthday. The King's something about Curse. Henry VIII. It's cursed. The King's Diabetes. Curse. Yeah, I think it's like... I mean, I think I think the apostrophe's wrong. It's told from one of the wives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Henry VIII, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, she's seen better days, to be fair. Right, I will enjoy this. Have fun. Mm, so... I forgot what your idiot was. Oh, play a blinder. Play a blinder. Yeah, so... Um, Does, play... There's one in ancient Greece where there's uh, a Greek myth. So, obviously, rewritten and rewritten and rewritten, whatever. Okay. Uh, it was about Tiresias, who was the prophet, a prophet of Apollo in Thebes, uh, who was a clairvoyant or blind. This is where this comes in. Uh, yes, I figured. Uh, and he was a, a famous warrior. Um, and he, I didn't get the name, but uh, essentially uh, the clairvoyance set, sent him down a, a dark path and he wanted to take, after his family died, he wanted to take revenge. Um, as you played, do yeah as you do came back and challenged her played a game of chance guessed that the whole thing that it was like guess guess when you're gonna die and um, she got it wrong and it was like right then and he like locked her locked her arms off <laughs> cool I don't know why the arms because there was some symbolism of fate whatever I mean I wouldn't like to have my arms lopped off if you're gonna lop off any body part I think arms is quite yeah. a cruel one to lop off yeah lop the arms off well, whenever she was down Took the eyes. That's also cruel. Yeah, but that was the whole thing. Playing the blinder. Playing a blinder. Right, okay, I get it. That's weird. 
It's weird, but it's uh, it, essentially if you um, was there an alternative. Uh, the alternative <laughs> uh, was um, uh, it's it's just about sports. It's predominantly used in sports. Uh, cool. It's an early one from 1957. There's a spectator talking about Welsh rugby players saying played. He was playing a blinder. Unknown origin past that point. Find out next week where we may potentially have a real origin for Wait, playing a blinder. Yeah. Probably not. But well, one thing I'll tell you in advance is that if if you use a US corpus, there's no entries. And if you use a UK one, it's just, it's all, it's, it's only used over here. All oh, right. Playing a blinder is not a US idiom or US no. phrase. Oh, that's weird. See, in my head, it was US. It was entirely, yeah. it's entirely an American phrase, but mm. I'm, wow, I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, there we are. I also but never... you're not surprised about the Greek one? No. Greek myths, Greek myths are just warped and weird. Right. It's, it's really unsurprising when a Greek myth has got some weird message. It, Involving symbolism and eyes. Eyes are a big part of Greek myth. They really like their yeah. eyes. So yeah, next week we might have an origin of that. Probably not, but maybe. Might, might not. Who will know? And thanks for tuning into this very special episode with just Adam and Terence, and we will yeah, see man. you next week. Feel free to get in touch with us on cast at zwider.io. Follow us on Twitter and mm. Instagram at MFOR Podcast. That's we the do, one. We do occasionally post stuff on there. Uh, leave a review. Them. Leave a review in iTunes. Reviews really, really help us. And Good ones. Star- Bad ones don't. Well, I don't know. Even maybe, ones, do. maybe. Maybe they do. It's all constructive. Star is in the Overcast app. Thanks for listening. Star is. Have you watched Final Space? I've seen the final episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Deborah has. She watched the whole season one one day. So you've not seen any episode but the last one? But the final one. Oh, that's just bad. Was it, was it bad? It was good. Final Space. It yeah. It was really good. But yeah. he's only seen the last episode. Oh. I, to be fair, I don't think I'd remember. I just know that it had David Tennant as the bad guy. It did. It had David Tennant as the bad guy. Um, had a few, it had a few well-named, uh, well-named cast in it. It was great. You should have watched the entire thing instead of just the last episode. Well, maybe I will. <laughs> I can't remember a lot of it. I just remember a lot of fighting. I don't really remember. We've been watching a lot of Disenchantment, which it's, is just oh, average. See, right, okay, spoilers ahead for Disenchantment. I was not impressed with that series. Have you finished it yet? Uh, no. But I think the flaws are pretty clear, at least in the first it's two episodes. Safe. It's too It's way too safe. Disenchantment has none of the charm of Futurama and early Simpsons, because it's just kind of boring. It's generic fantasy. Yeah, it's fine. Deborah looks like she's listening in the other room. So just, uh, yeah, that's the thing. We're kind of addressing her, but she's not <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, we are just looking directly at you. It's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, no, I just found it really, really safe and kind of dull. I was expecting a lot more from groaning, growning, graining, however people say his it, last it's name. It's graining. 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 I've heard it said so many different ways. But that's the only way it should be said. Because of right, Sims. Okay. I'm I mean, yeah, phonologically. I'm sure it could be said in a different way. Phonologically. Um, yeah, the characters were just... I think my problem with it was the first episode as well. The setup in the first episode is terrible because it's about 40 minutes of just, here's every single character, their origin story, go, throw them together. The elf is rubbish. Yeah, the elf's elfo's a terrible character. Just not it, Even the demon is like... It, it's supposed to be like Bender, right? As a... It's the kind of... Incarnation. Rude, evil one. Yeah. Like, a bit like Robot the Hell... You know, like the it it could have been so much more. Sorry, you just reminded me. Ba-dum, dum, dum, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Yeah, yeah. Cigars are evil. You won't miss them. That's it.
great song um yeah lucy pointed out the flaw with this which was bean is doing like evil stuff anyway not really evil but like mean things anyway without the demon's involvement and then mm. the demon shows no, but, up but yeah she but, was doing some i suppose yeah well, yeah she was still like doing everything she does in the rest of the season the demon shows up and just can she continues to do what she was already uh-huh. doing so the demon character seems completely additional to requirements I think the voice acting contributes to that. I think that's maybe that's the main thing. You've got Joe DiMaggio doing Joe DiMaggio, John John DiMaggio, John DiMaggio, uh, who's doing he's doing his best with what he's got. He's doing full on. Um, it just sounds like Jake. It just sounds like Jake and Bender. There's really not a lot to it. No, he's well, he's kind of doing like a forgetful mafia dad or something like that i feel like it works it works because it's him and you've got a lot of good faith and in, in every character that he's that he's doing but then you've he's got these other actor. characters who were well I, you've got like matt berry who was amazing in like the first episode no the second episode who does he uh, he's uh do you know matt berry no so he, he's um you know in the it crowd oh yeah sorry the guy he's the guy who plays over. the boss yeah yeah um, yeah so, he plays a pig doesn't he yeah yeah exactly so Oh no, no! Oh yeah, he turns into a pig. Or is it? Is the pig still in? I can't even Again, remember. spoilers. Really carry it. So, uh, and then Noel Fielding as the executioner. Yeah, really I like good. Noel Fielding as the executioner. He was yeah. very, very good. Does real Rich Fulcher do a voice in it? I, I can't, can't remember. I can't remember. The cast is very good. Yeah, cast is good like that. But the the demon, the 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 middle people. So you've got Bean, and then Elf, Elfo, Elfo. And the King, voice is just really annoying. King Zod. And he's just playing like Bart, but like weirdly you notice, naive, but not naive. Enough. Do you notice that the 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 stylization of the show is all over the place? Mm. Because like Bean is stylized in the typical Futurama Simpson sort of style. Yeah. The demon's different because it only has two sides. Mm. It's always facing one side or the other. It's two dimensional. The yeah. demon is very sort of on the nose, but like the, de- the demon is two dimensional. Um, and then Zod is stylized slightly differently as well. It's Zod, isn't it? Whatever the king's called. Oh, right. Uh, he's stylized differently. He's stylized like more round than the other characters. And it's not just a different round character. If you actually look at the way that he's drawn, he's drawn differently to the rest of them. I think the stylization's all over the place. And it's one thing I noticed repeatedly while I was watching it. Not just the bad storylines, but... Yeah. I, did, I did like the fact that it was like the self-contained season was like a chapter of a book. Yeah, but I think I think the reason why I, I mean, obviously we shouldn't be just comparing it against something like Futurama, but yeah, but you have to. It's, yeah, it's his you, first you show in like twenty years or yeah, whatever it was. But that when the, there was a bit of an overarching arc, but it it was week by week. It was like um, not episodic, not serial. So maybe it's just episodic, standalone episodes all over the place. You could have your own story, but this one is relying on people like binge watching it. Only once. Yeah. Um, and remembering bits as well. Yeah. And it, it, they're like, well, let's make it. Let's make people kind of enjoy the fact that cumulatively you learn more about the narrative. But I don't think it lends it to it very well. Uh, I'd rather that they just had an episode focused on this, an episode focused on that. Yeah. It would have been um, better if it was the Futurama yeah. Simpsons format. Because Futurama kind of had that. Mm. Futurama the Simpsons is the obvious, everything's back to normal by the end of the episode. Yeah. But Futurama kind of had that character development. But the character development happened like piecemeal by season. Yeah. Whereas in- Disenchantment seems to... I keep forgetting the name as well. I keep wanting to call it Disenchanted. Disenchanted is going to be the sequel to Enchanted, which is going to be a film. That's going to be really confusing. Yeah. But yeah, Disenchantment just sort of feels... 
I don't know, the, the episode to episode evolution feels like, yeah, you have to binge watch it. And admittedly, I did binge watch it over the course of maybe a couple of days. But I wasn't but drawn it, but to it, it. It didn't gain anything from yeah. that, I think. I kind of it felt... Re- it reminded me of that season of uh, Arrested Development that nobody liked. Season three, four, five, season five? Four. Was, season, it, was it four that was I think it was there? season four because there was three... Yeah, because the most recent one was season five. Yeah. Um... Oh, no, but in that, they re-edited like, that. It, you know they re-edited that season, right? Yeah, I tried. We tried. It was too too confusing. Really, like like too. You know, like um, Arrested Development's very kind of, um, oh, what, what do you call it? When you you're laying out the plot there and then, uh, for scene building scenario, the words escaping me. But um, ex. I don't, I don't know what word you're looking. Um, at. But yeah, it, 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 expositional, it was, it, expositional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. too okay. much exposition. It was just like every single time the character moved like two steps, and it was Ron Howard saying, "This is because of this, and this is because of this, and this is because of this." Things that were stretched out in, in the in the actual season. Yeah, and so it, 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 there's no flow. There's not as much of a flow. But I'm not sure whether or not that's not just because I didn't just watch 20 episodes of it. I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I get it that. Was that first episode. Was just like, but disenchantment. It's, it's a struggle. Disenchantment. Um, it it kind of reminds me of that in that it's uh, kind of tell, it's like saying, "Go with us here. We've got this whole arc, and you're going to enjoy it as long as you watch it all in one." And um, yeah, you will like it. I promise. And you will like it. And then in the end, we're like, "It wasn't quite enough getting to that point where I'm going to enjoy it." it. Doesn't matter if it's good by the second season. It's like somebody saying, "Oh, you have to sit through an entire season or something for it to get good." Yeah, you shouldn't have to. Like it's acceptable. Two or three episodes in, I yeah. think, is my limit for that. Yeah. Rick and Morty, I always say to people, the pilot is nowhere near as good as the rest of Rick and Morty. Mm. The pilot, by comparison, is kind of dross. Yeah. But season by episode two, you're kind of hooked yeah. on that show. Disenchantment, episode, I was yeah. watching Disenchantment because I felt obligated to watch it because I loved Futurama. I yeah. lived and breathed Futurama. Simpsons was okay. I felt obligated to watch Disenchantment, but I don't feel like I gained anything from watching Disenchantment. Mm-hmm. Conversely, I watched Final Space next, and Final Space was such a good show mm. that it just put Disenchantment to shame in my mind. And there we go. Thanks for listening. <laughs>